With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I don't, I don't know. How do, you, how do you stay optimistic? Like, in what? It's just amazing to me, like, the frame of mind of the person who's still like, be patient. It takes time. I'm like, how much fucking time? How much time does it take? Explain it to me. Explain it to me. What team can you think of that took 10 years to rebuild? (laughs) We're almost there. Right? What's going on, everybody? It's Bill and Anthony this week. No Chad. Uh, excited. What even? Do you know what episode we're on? One, one something. One sixteen. One, one something. We should have been more prepared. Where's, Chad. Where's Chad's Chad? already. Yeah. Chad's our worst. Chad. He's already <laughs> disappointed in us. It took uh, us t minus seventeen seconds to disappoint him. <laughs> I mean, with a record since the last podcast, I don't think we have much to worry about, huh? Yeah, yeah, no, for sure. It is It is episode 116, by the way. I was right. See, you you were right. We could have just rolled with it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we can cut all this out, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, so, I mean, what's at the table, right? Last record, yeah. so we last recorded, 12-15, 4, 1, and 2. We're feeling good. We had a nice podcast. Everyone was laughing, had a good time. Chad has a baby. Decides to take a podcast off and look where we are now. Uh, one, one in five in the last six. The only team they beat was the worst team in the West. Uh, so I assume you're not feeling too good now, Anthony, huh? Bill, I'm in a perpetual state of not feeling good. I mean, it, it's funny because I think when we last recorded, what, they had won or maybe points in seven of their last eight or something like that, right? Something and, like that. you know, you, you, you obviously felt a little more optimistic, but it – like we were talking about before the show, Tampa was always going to catch you. Toronto yep. was probably going to catch you. You know what I mean? So it's just kind of like, well, yep, there it is. You know, it's not any level of disappointment right now for me because like any any success they'd have had like beyond where they're at right now is just kind of like found money. Because like I said, and, and like you said, at the end of the year, I think I, I probably had them the, the, the lowest of all of us at 81 points. And I don't know. It, it is what it is. I mean, that's. They're going to have peaks and valleys. I mean, they're definitely 
Oh, it's peaks and valleys, all right. Right. I mean, they're better than last year, I think, but but it's not by a lot. It's a, it's by a lot less than people think, uh, in my opinion. So, um, yeah, you, you know, the teams like this that, that kind of squash the danger defensively and and kind of don't produce very much offensively or don't have consistency on offense, I should say, mm-hmm. they're going to go through peaks and valleys like this, and they're those are the teams that finish in the 80s. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah, and I mean, I think kind of the big news here, right, is, is the Skinner injury uh, three to four weeks out. So, I mean, you like I said, you're one, one in five in your last six, and now you got one of your top scorers out for the next month. Uh, luckily, they don't play too many games in January, but I, I just – I mean, how you keep afloat and stay in, in a race uh, in the month of January without Skinner around, I mean, I, I, can Eichel play much better than he is? I, I'd <laughs> say the answer is no, right? So – well, Bill, um, you could trade one of your 5,000 defensemen. No, I'm kidding. Why would we do that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait for the crowd who's like Skinner's having a bad year to see just how awful they are without him. I, that's The weird thing is, too, he like not weird, but I thought he looked really, really good in the Boston game. Uh, the team as a whole kind of looked – I was actually at that game. They looked pretty good. Uh, it's a pretty even game. They just – shocker. They couldn't finish. Yeah. Um, and Boston scored on the power play a couple times. Had some nice goals. The Bergeron, Marchand, Pasternak combo, uh, pretty deadly. And there you go, three nothing lost. But I yeah, mean, both just, both games against Boston were like that. Yeah, yeah, that's right. I just damn Skinner now. Like, <laughs> but yeah. uh, this this is why the GM's supposed to you know put a team together, right? That if a te- if something like this happens, they can at least sustain it for a certain amount of time. Nobody obviously you can't think of. Uh, you can't really prepare for season-ending injuries or anything like that, but I think you should set a team up so that if you have a top guy out for a couple of weeks, you can at least sustain, play a little under 500 hockey or something. I just maybe, right? Yeah. Just, well, yeah. well, they well they have actually because Dalton Smith's coming up to replace Skinner in that spot. So that'll be, be freaking awesome. Fair enough. That's, that's that's Dalton Smith, who's got four points in 21 games and 26 goals in 428 HL games. That's that's that Dalton Smith. I mean, since since this is a me and you podcast, I think we can just go into what what do you have today? Dick punches for sixty. <laughs> no, someone said, "Why don't they just sign <laughs> Pominville?" And I said, "Well, can Pominville go up to Eric Cernak and punch him in the dick? Probably not." <laughs> like, oh my god! I think, <laughs> and and then I think we we uncovered what Bofa per sixty meant. It's when your enforcer punches Bofa their nuts at the same time. Um, yeah, I mean it's. If this is a reactionary move to like try and bully the Tampa Bay Lightning tomorrow night, that's oh my god! Is that the most not the worst thing, obviously, but is it the most ludicrous thing Jason Botterill has done in his tenure? If that's the case, it's the thing that sadly makes them makes me hope that they get smoked like six to one. Oh right, six nothing. Oh for sure. If if they deploy him to just, I, like, I want him to fight too. Like he, he fights, everyone's happy, and then. Oh, like boat race. You know what? You know what's going to be funny. We could lose six to one in that game, but if Dal- if uh, Dalton Smith hits, you know, twelve people and gets in a fight, you know, the old time hockey crowd is just gonna go nuts. Like, see, that's the grit. That's what I'm talking about. It's like we lost six to one. <laughs> He's gonna get some garbage assist on the only goal too, like he went off his skate or something. Oh, you know, it'll be close. Yeah, Vasilevsky will. Not have a good day or something. It'll be three to two or four two empty netter, and yeah. like you said, <clears throat> Dalton Smith will have a couple of hits. I mean, good for the guy, right? I mean, I know right. Chad was struggling oh, yeah. with that earlier, yeah. 
Uh, I don't think that's what he meant at all. But I, I do think, like, you know, good for him. He gets up here. Uh, but Lord, you, Lord. <laughs> you know what, though? Chad did mention something else, too. And I, I think – and great for Dalton Smith, right? I've got no hate for the guy as a person. You know, I, I don't want to see him do poorly. Like, this isn't an anti-Dalton Smith thing. Right. But, it, but it, it speaks to a larger thing of what do guys who have been coming up and growing through your system, like like Ogilvy, right, Taylor Lear – yeah. What 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 does that say to them? That this guy who who's just been like a good soldier, I guess, in the AHL, who who's just kind of been an AHL grinder, like he gets an, a contract. You know what I mean? It's just I think it just sends the wrong message. And and if it's and what's what's crazy about the situation is the only reason, the only way it can even be even like a little bit a skosh acceptable is if he is going to bully the lightning because if they brought if they signed an hl or an nhl contract and that's not what they're doing then what the hell are they doing because then it's just completely like it makes no sense it's just why why him i mean so, i guess it's a good mind at this point Jeez, yeah it's, it's, it's weird the last year and a half is gone just like yeah that's that's literally the, just saving the bc time. trade i mean we're just always shrugging our shoulders here at btv yep. right I guess, but we're jerks. We're jerks who underestimate the team. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. I, so, I mean, since we're on uh, – I, I liked how you put it in our uh, DM, Trash City. I guess we can stay with uh, <laughs> the penalty kill. I want to bring up to you here <clears throat> in the last 6-2. Special teams has still been, as you said, Trash City. Two for 14 on the power play, 14 of 20 on the penalty kill. It's only 70%. I mean, that's a part of the reason why they're also been terrible in the last six. Um, I mean, what are they going to do? Have you seen any, like, changes? Have you seen anything different? They're just banging their head against the wall, and the special teams is just going to keep on struggling. No, that, and that's the unfortunate thing. I haven't seen anything different. I mean, when, when Darlene first came back from injury, the power play looked like it had a little bit uh, of life kind of infused in it. You know what I mean? I think they went something like three for six those first two games he was back. And it was like, oh, okay, yeah. cool. Like, maybe, maybe you know – now that Darlene's playing a little better because he had a rough start to the year, maybe that that power play is going to start clicking when it, your entire strategy isn't uh, centered around Jack Eichel completing a cross ice pass to Olsson. I mean, that's that's literally that was literally the strategy. Um, but it, it fell right off again, and, and you saw yesterday against Boston on, on all three opportunities you had Jack for, trying to force that pass, and it's not Jack's fault. It's just no one else. He doesn't trust anyone else to shoot it. Um, right. So, so that's a problem, and you know the penalty kill is is now fourth worst in the NHL, and they're doing the same thing they did last year, where they collapse in on themselves. And you know, I talked to Kevin on Twitter in the off season because he he had a very good handle on uh, just the just the technique that they uh, deployed under Phil Housley on the penalty kill, and I kind of wanted to get his take on it. And he made a great point where their style of kind of collapsing in and taking away the pass through the slot works for like a select few teams when you look at the heat maps on the power play right teams like uh, Tampa Bay is a great example last season who basically made their bread and butter getting passes through the slot that kind of technique worked right but in most cases I I would go so far as to say 70 percent of teams a more aggressive full press kind of penalty kill is the better technique and they, they've just reverted back to against every team, no matter what kind of team they're up against or, or where their shots come from, they collapse down, right? And, and they just let them push in, it, you know, from the point. And, you know, it's just, it makes me feel like there, there's just no, 
there's no acknowledgement of the data. There's no acknowledgement of the actual, you know, numbers that matter. You know what I mean? I mean, we're knowing where your opponent likes to shoot on the power play, knowing how they set up on the man advantage just seems like a, a critical piece to your game plan. It's just being ignored when you just put out this white bread kind of strategy against every single unit. I think kind of even the like a lower level, not even just looking at the numbers, that the fact that power play is now falling off a cliff from the beginning of the season, the penalty kill has just never been good. That the, your first answer or first part of your answer to this question, I should say, they haven't done anything different. No. It's just, let's roll out the same thing, same guys, and keep collapsing or keep trying to force that pass through the middle. And there's nothing changes. And obviously, when that nothing changes, nothing is going to change. And they keep doing the same thing over and over again. But I, I mean, I agree with you. I've, I've always been a fan of, as you know, the, the aggressiveness on the penalty kill, get some guys that can skate on the penalty kill, especially at the top of the points. Mm-hmm. You can force the team to make a bad pass or make a, you know, wrong decision on where to pit, uh, shoot and maybe miss the nut. Um, then you kind of go the other way with it. Use it as a weapon. It's just nothing that you've seen from the Sabres kind of ever. Um, All right. And for me, that's kind of the frustrating thing. It's, it's just that a team that struggles to score, they don't, the guy, the Kruger's brought, not necessarily his fault here, but he was brought in to be innovative and to do different things differently. And it's it's one area that I was hoping that we'd see something different, yeah. uh, where if you're a team that you're struggling to score, try to find other ways to score. Uh, and the penalty kill is a very good way, in my opinion, to try and do that. And that's definitely not happening, especially when you're collapsing <laughs> in your own net. I don't think anybody's going to go the other way with the puck. Right. And the funny thing is, I, I, you've seen in, in kind of rare instances, and we had it actually in the last game against Boston, the aggressive approach, they did it for, for one PK, and I think it might have been the first one of the game where that was one when Asplund kind of got in on like a pseudo breakaway kind of deal. And, and you know, I mean, that the Boston uh, forward caught up with him. But mm-hmm. the, it, props that's, to him real quick. He, he's been good. Yeah, yo, he's been great. He's been great. I mean, you know, you, you can – I know the – the look. you know, there's there's portions of the fan base that just want to look at base stats and three points in 21 games isn't anything, you know, amazing. But – yeah, I mean his his defensive uh, acumen is just bananas. I mean, for he's developed really well. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his as, as kind of like a future piece of the bottom six there. Yeah, uh, the speed yeah. too. I think it's been Best. even. Yeah. yeah, it's better than I anticipated him uh, coming up. Uh, definitely yeah. noticeable the, the night I was there that you know every once in a while you'd see someone fly down the wing and oh, who's that? That's right. Nice but, but think about uh, yeah. VC too. I mean, you've seen a couple times yeah. this year, he's had shorthanded opportunities because they, they've done it, but then they stop Then they go right back to collapsing. in. it's like, no, you just saw it work. Why are you doing this? It's just, it's a very, very safe. And, and, you know, by, I guess by a extrapolation, almost unsafe approach because it's just not working, but it's just a very timid approach to the penalty kill. I'll call it. Frustrating. Frustrating yeah. all around. So here's something else for you. It's kind of fun. Not funny, but here we go, right? Uh, so I was looking this up, and admittedly, this was a hoping these stats told the story I wanted them to tell. <laughs> but in this instance, it did. So the Sabres, funny enough, are the only team in the NHL with four skaters that have more than six goals. Is that surprising to you or not at all? You're saying that every other team has more than four? Correct. Yes. Has more skate more than four skaters that have at least seven or higher goals. He was. I mean, it's not surprising, but it's it's sad. <laughs> Hello, darkness. That's, Hello, that's literally the Sabres <laughs> catchphrase for the last decade. It's not surprising, but it's sad. <laughs> but <here we> <laughs> yeah. 
Um, no, I mean, that's, I mean, shit, you've got Jack Eichel scoring, what, 30% of your team's goals. It's like, <laughs> oh, there it is. <laughs> I might not be wrong, like, at all. Uh, <laughs> I, I literally just spitballed that, and now I'm going to go look while you talk. <laughs> yeah, no, I, so, looking at it, so getting into goals in the last six, you've had three, one, three, one, zero, two, <laughs> ten goals in the last six games. <laughs> Less than two goals a game, and Eichel only has one of them, but you just are not getting the scoring across the board. Eichel, on the other hand, since you are looking it up and I'm stalling, I'll throw so, out. Yeah, he's got he's got 21.3% of the team's goals, so I was a little aggressive with 30. But it's still pretty insane. It's still pretty insane. 21% of the goals. Congrats to him on the All-Star game, though, huh? Oh, yeah, pretty cool. I mean, who else was it going to be? Well, true. I forgot. Every, <laughs> Marcus Johansson. <laughs> Jeff Skinner. Oh wait. Wait, no. Nope, Casey nope. Middle. Nope. <laughs> Dalton Smith. Welcome to Dalton game. Smith. Uh, Did you think we couldn't ever have anyone more embarrassing than John Scott? Well, here you go. <laughs> it's not surprising. It's just sad. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, credit him though. Seventh in the league in points. Hiding third in the league in goals. Eleventh in assists. He's just doing it all, literally carrying the team on his back and still struggling to even be in the hunt for the playoffs. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny, Chad and I were actually chatting today uh, with a couple other guys, and uh, he mentioned, you know, if it's true that, you know, Eichel kind of tapped Botterill on the shoulder because the rumor came out when Taylor Hall got dealt that that Eichel was like, hey, we should make a push for him. And okay. if it's true, he tapped Botterill on the shoulder and was like, hey, get me some help here. Like, oh, my God, does he have to be so pissed off right now? Like, how if you're Jack Eichel, how, you know, and I don't uh, – we've heard for years, right, and, and until this year when he's just freaking killing it and you, you literally yeah. can't complain about him, but we've heard people whine about his demeanor for years, right, and his attitude. Like, what do you want from him right now? Do you know what I'm saying? It's just at this yeah. point, if I'm Jack Eichel – and also, you know, considering the fact that I'm six years older than him, you know, I mean, if I'm 23 years old in his situation, I'm furious. For sure. Actually, funny enough, I didn't even know you guys talked about today. I, I was thinking about this and how the past he was called, you know, the coach killer, then he was called the coach, then he was called the GM to the team. As a literal and, child. Yes, yeah, as a 20-year-old Stupid. kid. But thinking about it today, it's just like, I would almost not blame him to try and want to be the GM of the team and try and like, what else can I do with this player? Right. Right. It's exactly what you're saying. It's, it's gotten to the point where he has now become everything I would think you would expect and more that you would want out of the second overall pick when the Sabres did what they did to get him. Uh, and he's still, what are we, five years in? Yeah. Five years in. Still has not had any kind of a semblance of a forward group around him to help in any way, shape or form if he has an off night to kind of win a game for him and it's, I would be pissed off and frustrated too. And it's funny too, because we traded probably the only good yep. second line forwards we had right before Eichel like came into his prime. So like, O'Reilly, bye Kane. See ya. We're going to roll with our new core that we're not going to add for another three years. It's just, <laughs> it's just weird. Like why they decimated the forward group to just, overkill build the defense and it's just like well there you go then he tripled down and drafted six defensemen out of seven picks on his in his first draft <laughs> like, what are we doing here 
<laughs> As he roll these things out, they sound like they should be jokes. <laughs> no, I know. And then he signs Lawrence Pilot, who's awesome. And then he's like, nah, to the AHL with the OAS. <laughs> get out of here, you 24-year-old. You need to develop. Uh, you know what? I don't know if you want to get to the GM thing now, but I think we're kind of torn around it. So I'm going I, for it. Uh, how do it's, you not? It's just, <laughs> I think it pisses me off the most when you kind of get to, or at least when, so Basho brought in, right? Yeah. And he's brought in as the numbers guy, the, he knows how to give value contracts. He knows how to deal with the salary cap. He's the, the salary cap guru, I think is how he was brought in. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's been the complete opposite. Like you're just, yeah. I mean, Lawrence Pilot is the shining I don't know, example for all of this. Like you went out, got a guy for basically like literally nothing, signed him yeah. just, you know, from the elite league. And found out, holy shit, like he's really good. And yeah, let's just throw him in Rochester and, you know, play right. 12 other defensemen. Oh, and we'll, and then we've got to make like weird, like cap specific waiver moves. You know what I mean? Every time we want to do something, it's got to send a guy down for a day because I'm so dead close against the cap. You know, this yep. cap management genius. Yeah. I, the, the, just as time goes on, and I know I talked Clarkson's about it. contract was dealt more than once. That Zook's contract was dope years ago. Oh, don't even get me started, right? Like, I mean, it's just stupid. I, I, I've said it since the beginning of the year. I mean, I, I think we were all kind <clears> of <throat> dealt a bill of goods. The, the Pagula is included on what Jason Botterill actually was because, I mean, he's just it's so blatantly obvious. He, and, that, and that's the big problem I have, and we've talked about it, and, and you know, I've, I've tweeted about it and alluded to it in articles. We've got alleged innovators that aren't doing anything innovative and it and it's kind of uh igniting the crowd of people who are like see we got to go back to the old ways like these number guys don't understand it's like no these aren't actually number guys though because the number guys in toronto seem to be doing pretty damn well you know what i mean Uh it's just the number guys in carolina are really doing well Right. And and it's just, you know, well, well, look at these guys. They didn't know, you know, you got to hire hockey people. You got to hire an old time gritty head coach. It's like, you don't, you just need to not, you just need to not buy a bill of goods. You need to actually find an innovator who has a track record of doing something innovative. It, it's, it's tough to do, but it, that's, that's the thing. And I think everyone believed Botterill was that. And, you know, Kruger said all the right things, but turns out neither of them are. They're both doing things that, I don't know what the hell Botterill's doing, but from a coaching standpoint, <laughs> Kruger's not doing anything interesting. He's not doing anything new age or, or he, you know, he hasn't done anything unique. It's been very safe. I just, I guess the thing for me is, do we think that, what do we think he's doing? Do we think that he's really, <laughs> <laughs> I'm struggling trying to figure out like, is he like the, uh, you know, build guys up from the, the farm system, build, you know, all that stuff, build through the draft. Is that really what he thinks he's doing here and succeeding at? Or is he just kind of in over his head and sitting in the front office? And what do we really think he's doing? I, just, I believe that Jason Botterill believes he's taking a tempered approach that's eventually going to work out. However, he has been extraordinarily inconsistent in that kind of uh, approach, right? Where Tage Thompson, he rushed Casey Middlestad. He rushed Lawrence pilot. He's burning to a crisp. It's just, (laughs) there's no, there's no consistency. So, I mean, I, I think that's what he thinks he's doing, but he's doing it in a very strange way. I don't know. I can't put the the pieces of the puzzle together. 
I'm not sure anyone can, Bill. <laughs> he can't either. <laughs> I, I'm not positive he can. Yeah. What, what are we doing here? Yeah, hey, send him down. Send him the press box. Yeah. Maybe like popcorn. <laughs> no, call him up. He's important. But he's not good. Well, then we'll send him down after 30 games. I just. What? Yeah. I, I think that's. The, the like, whole... You know what, though? I think Bottero's whole thing, and I, I don't mean to interrupt, but I just, oh, just no. want to get this out there, right? I think his whole thing is that he overcorrects for past mistakes, right? And I'll point to the O'Reilly deal. Okay, I think that's yeah. why he's been extraordinarily timid on the trade market. I'll point to Middlestat where he sent him down because he didn't do that with Thompson last year, right? And instead of giving Casey Middlestat a chance with wingers who don't suck, and I'm not defending Middlestat here. He's, he has not done his part. You know what I mean? Right. But but if you're going to keep him up for 30 games, don't keep him up for 30 games with a struggling Connor Sheary and, and Evan Rodriguez who has just fallen completely off a cliff. You know what I mean? Get, yeah, see what he can do with actual like good players. Heck, try him on the wing. Try something. You know what I mean? Yep. And, and – Instead, it's like, well, 30 games of trying the same shit, and we're going to send him to Rochester because I need to overcorrect for everything I've done, right? And, you know, it's, now I think with Pilot, it's, it's kind of the same thing where it's like, no, I've, I've called guys up too early. we got to make sure he's super-duper ready. And, you know, i got to hang on to all these veterans because the young guys might not be ready or we might get hit with a rash of injuries. And it's just – it's gotten to the point where his, I don't know, tendency to try and be – super conservative has just really blown up in his face and, and it's made it look like he doesn't have any semblance of a plan. No, actually I think you hit it right in the head. I mean, that kind of makes complete sense, right? A new GM, at least a, you know, first time head GM making mistakes in his first couple of years here. And now kind of being super conservative. And as you said, perfectly overcorrecting himself. Um, but <laughs> Unfortunately to him, I, I don't know if he realizes the league that he works in or any kind of sport league that it's just, uh, it's not how it works anymore. You don't get five years. You don't get, you know, all this time in the world to put together a winning team, especially a team that would have haven't made the playoff in how long now? Eight years, nine years? It's going to be nine, anymore. but currently it's eight. Yep. So I'm doing pretty good with these, uh, guessing around the numbers. Yeah, you're really killing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I, I just, I don't, like you sit on your hands again, do you maybe, maybe you get another year because Padula just doesn't seem to give a shit about the Sabres. Uh, the Bills are going to make the playoffs this year, so hoorah. Um, hey, Terry, I know we didn't make the playoffs, but I have a signed Josh Allen photo for you. <laughs> yeah, I'm really close with Sean McDermott. I know what to do now. Oh, yeah, I've been uh, talking to him about culture. We're, we're in. We're getting there. Culture. Oh, yeah, I'm instilling the process. Dalton Smith, baby. Uh, passes out from excitement. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I just I don't. Uh, he probably makes it, but I just all right. So I got to figure at least one move. One move is going to come here eventually for the trade line. I guess it's going to be <laughs> Casey <laughs> Nelson for a sixth. Oh God, please no! <laughs> I just like how do you not? This team is so forward deprived. How do you not do something? And Allmark actually hasn't been bad either. Like, you're, you're getting nope. the average goaltending we asked for. Mm-hmm. The power play was really good in the beginning of the year. Obviously, it's falling off the cliff now. Womp womp. But, like, yeah, the things we were talking about the team needed to do, they were kind of doing, and some of it's still kind of there. You just haven't helped get any kind of goal scoring at all. Yeah, 100%. <sighs> I mean, you know, kind of circling back to what we were just talking about, it, it's one of two things. Either Botterill is as inept as he seems, or 
he really has a promise of tomorrow from the Pagulas because he's behaving like a guy who knows he has time, either a guy who's completely oblivious of what's going on, or he knows he's got time. And I think I, both are terrifying, but I think the first one is less terrifying because if he's just a dumb, dumb, hopefully he gets tanned. (laughs) But if, but if he, but if he's a guy who, who's been promised tomorrow and he's just not giving a crap because of that. And he thinks he can do this all in one year when all the money comes off the books, which he's wrong about by the way, because they're just so screwed or, or maybe he just starts pulling off genius moves, but I don't, I don't think that's going to happen. So I, well, I, I don't know do any kind of overhaul in one year. Obviously like any team. Can yeah, go I don't, I don't know that they team. need an overhaul though. You know what I mean? I think they need well, two scoring forwards. Your big pieces are here. Yeah. Right. So, I mean, he can do that in one off season. I don't, I'm not confident that he will do it, but it's sure. possible to do. So I, I, I think the first part is, is less scary. Cause I'd rather just get a new guy in here to handle this, you know, big yeah. upheaval of contracts that's happening. That's uh, I, I, I have more confidence in him not re-signing a bunch of guys I hate. So there's that, but he's already done it once. Right. That, and that's the thing, right? He, he, he brought back pretty much everybody last year. So why wouldn't he do it again? And I think it's, it's a foregone conclusion among fans. It's like, well, the dead rates weight's really going to leave next year. It's like, is it, are you sure? Because mm-hmm. uh, some of it could have left this past year and it didn't. And now we're in cap hell. Like, did we need Zemgis Gergensen's Zemgis Jesus? Did we need <laughs> Zemgis Gergensen's like, did we need that? Because, like, there's your cap wiggle room, and you could have easily plugged, well, literally anyone in there, you know what I mean, and gotten the same yeah. result. Was he have two points? And, he, you know, say what you will about him on defense, but it's like, oh, okay. Well, Asplund has been all of that and more, and he started in Rochester. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, two years ago, or a year and a half ago, did we need Scott Wilson on a two-year deal? Definitely not. You know, so it's just it's just weird. I don't know. I don't know what he's doing. Nobody knows what he's doing. And anyone who says they, they know what he's doing is lying or just really doesn't want to live in reality. I think you can put a bow on that. With One thing stood out to me in your whole little thing there is uh, Buffalo Sabres hockey, just hoping the GM's a dumb-dumb so it gets fired. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Best case scenario. Best case scenario, he's actually a moron. (laughs) (laughs) What's what's a better alternative? He's a moron or our owner's a moron because it's one of those two things. (laughs) Because any owner who buys a bill of goods that five years is what it takes to build a winner is a moron. Any guy who doesn't realize his own mortality after doing as terrible a job as Botterill has done is a moron. I'd rather the GM is dumb because you can fire the GM. You can't get rid of the owner. He's here. So. Yeah, I guess that's the lesser of two evils. It's the end of the world <laughs> as we know it. Okay. I think there's, before we hit the break, one more thing that Chadley wanted to hit, us to hit on. Chadley. Samson got his own line the other night. Mm. Yeah, for like five seconds now. He's, for, I think he's back with Eichel. Five whole seconds. Uh, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> you two I mean, have been clamoring for, for how long now? The funny thing is that we were clamoring for it to get Skinner back on the line with Eichel. And oh God! <laughs> he got taken off because Skinner got hurt. So, yeah, I think I think in practice today though, Reinhardt was right back with Eichel. It's so I believe that's right. Because yeah. Kruger does things, and it's almost in the same form of logic as Housley did. Where oh, we lost that game. That didn't work. It's like well, well, no, actually, that part did work. <laughs> you know, Reinhardt actually looked very, very good on his own line and, and it's just like well we lost the game though better scratch colin miller and bring bogosian back in here and he i think miller played like four minutes in the third period i want to say 
he got benched. And so it's just, he, I don't know, he misallocates what part of his lineup isn't working or misjudges, I should say, which part of his. Going, yeah, go ahead. As, as I was going through the <clears throat> the box scores too, um, I noticed first the Lions back up to his like 23 minutes a night the last four or five games. So yeah, well, yesterday, or, yeah, yesterday he was with Darlene. So, I mean, that that's obviously a, a part of that. You know what sure. I mean? But, but yeah, you're right. I mean, it's just, he, he does things right for like three seconds and then goes right back to what he was doing. It's like, why? Well, we lost. Okay. Then pick the parts of the game that didn't work. Don't just fucking change everything for don't wholesale sweep, like brand new lines, brand new pairings. We're starting over. Like, no, fine. Like figure out what worked and then like make adjustments. You don't need a brand new strategy every time you lose a game. It's a, it's a lot of brand new strategies. <laughs> but that's what's happening. How many different line and pairing combinations have we had through, what, 39 games? It feels like 39. Yeah. <laughs> Just about. God. He, you know, and, and when they win, even if it's an ugly win where, like, stuff looked bad, he keeps it the same. It's like, well, we won. It's like, but you can still make <laughs> adjustments. Like, but... Yeah, I, I just, I don't I mean, like anything. It's definition of being a good coach, enough. isn't it? It's yeah. knowing what works and what doesn't work, whether you win or lose, and then making the changes so that the next game, you're hopefully making those little tweaks to keep the wins wins and turn the losses into wins. Right. And yeah. it's something Brindamore has done amazingly well in Carolina. If you want to talk about the poster child or making the right adjustments, I mean, Rod Brindamore's killed it in that regard. Which kind of hurts. Yeah, but, I forgot we hate him. Yeah. <laughs> so many reasons. <laughs> yeah. Not I, because not because people not say my nose looks like his. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't even have said that. So you're welcome. Thanks, Bill. It's a pretty hard <laughs> nose, but <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh my god. Okay. So I don't know. Yeah, let's have take, some fun, or is there anything else you want to hit? Let's let's take let's take that break. Let's take that break, baby. Yeah, you are listening to the Beyond the Blade podcast on the SB Nation Network. We are going to take a thirty-second break here. Don't go away. We got a lot of stuff coming up in the second half. Fan questions, more whining, etc. Stay tuned. Welcome back, Beyond the Blade here on the Die by the Blade SB Nation Podcast Network. Let's have a little fun, Anthony. What do you say? <clears throat> yeah, yeah. We we got our whining out of the way. Let's let's do something entertaining. Yeah. So or more entertaining. <laughs> more more. <laughs> well played. So the uh, as you know, today is actually tomorrow. If you're listening to this, is New Year's Eve. And that, my friend, is the end of a decade. So instead of going back and trying to remember 10 years worth of hockey that we've desperately tried to forget, uh, <laughs> and I have decided to go with an all-decade team draft, and by all-decade, I just mean four forwards, three defensemen, and one goaltender. Yeah, it's going to be fun. We're, we're going to draft it and let all you guys vote on who has the better team. It's funny, we were looking at this bill ahead of the show, and we were like, each team is going to have someone who everyone's like, really? But yeah, really, because the talent pool is pretty darn slim. It has not been a good 10 years, if you weren't (laughs) already aware. It's it's so funny, actually, because I was 
I mentioned I was at the Boston game and in the pregame highlight role, they, they actually go from, you know, the beginning 1970, they go all the way up through 2007 and they literally just jump to current. <laughs> so, and let's forget um, our, our franchise's shame. <laughs> and now we're going to try to put a team together with that franchise's shame. So Yay. yeah, I can guarantee you that um, there's going to be at least one. I'm sure. Because oh, I struggled. I got through. I got to like My big board has like 11 people on it, and that's not enough for a team. So uh, <laughs> no. actually, it's just enough. Cool. Great. So yeah. the only thing that we did not decide is who gets to go first. Ooh. This is actually pretty important. This is important. How do we decide? Let's see here. Um. All right. I'll be. I'll be. I'll be honest. I'm. I'm odds or evens. I'm thinking of a number between one and ten. <laughs> Uh, let's go even. Yeah, you win. I was All thinking right. of the number three for those listening. Oh, mm. look at that. So you've got the first pick. All I right. wonder who it's going <clears> to <throat> fucking be. Well, I mean, this is a good thing and a really bad thing for you. Mm. Now you don't have to worry about this for the rest of the, at least till the end of the podcast, or the end of this little segment here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's bad because I don't know who you're going to pick otherwise. I'm going to go with Ryan Miller. <laughs> oh, Miller is off the board. You know, that was the one thing I was debating, right? Where there's literally one goalie worth yeah. taking on this whole list. It's just like, well, it's not very deep there, but do I really want to pick Miller first overall? Yeah, it's tough, but I did not want to be the one to take a different goaltender. Yeah, that's fair. That's At least you fair. get uh, the rest of the segment to try and figure it out. Great. Good luck. <laughs> Good luck I am going to go with... Yeah. Yes, Chad Ocha, <laughs> Anders Nielsen. Um, no, I am going to take obviously Captain Jack with my first pick. So, like we said before, this is four forwards, three defensemen, and a goalie. All right. Well, next, I think I'm going to go in the other area that's kind of weak. Give me Darlene. Mm. Not bad. It's going to be tough to score me. It is going to be tough to score on you. I'm going to go full offensive onslaught here, I think. No, no. <laughs> I'm going to pick Ryan O'Reilly. Oh, God. you got two really good centers. I've got my top six centers. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen that not work, though, so I'm not scared yet. <laughs> 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 oh, it's all about the rest of the team. All right. So I'm getting nervous with all the forwards you're taking. So I'm going to go a uh, little TV time here. Mm. Back. Not a bad call. Hmm, this is a tough one for me because I could easily pick another forward right now and <laughs> probably be justified in doing so. You know what? I'm gonna do it. I'm taking Sam Reinhardt. Good God. <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm gonna struggle. Oh no. Oh god. I think go? there's two more respectable forwards on this list. I've got I've got a handful. They're not Do great. You? Yeah. Hmm. I guess it depends. it's tough because in all decade teams, they haven't been on the team for a long time or right. they like either in the past or currently. Yeah, we should have set some ground rules. Like they have to play X amount of years to be eligible. I don't have, yeah, I don't have any, nothing crazy like that. But yeah. uh, give me, God, where do I want to go here? Give me Myers. Oh. Tyler, oh man, I have to do this, Bill. You're making me do this. 
I'm taking Evander Kane. You're an ass. <laughs> I have to. I've, this forward group is just nasty. <laughs> We're just going to score 10 goals and hope nobody gets a shit. <laughs> Win every game 6-5. to five. Well, now that you have your four forwards, I might as well go to defenseman here. Yep, smart. The problem, the problem is, I don't know who to take. I think there's two like guys. There's three guys you could get away taking. However, there's probably only – I think there's two that are cut above. Oh, God. So, like, I think uh, – me, 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 money. I don't want that one. I think I'll get in trouble for that one. Give me your half. Yep, smart. That was one of my two. I am going to take Andre Sequeira. I had him on there. Yeah. Over. I don't think he got as much credit. He was under, I think he was underrated and hurt a lot, but I, I think he was underrated. He played really well after he left here. Yep. I agree. Shocking. Yeah, you'll figure. All right, so now I need defensemen or forwards. Uh, <laughs> 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 give me. Uh, I mean, I'm going to have basically the the old team when they used to be good. Give me Palmville. Nice. Hey, it's not a bad pick. That was my other respectable, the only respectable forward I had left on there. Yeah, uh, I thought Kane was going to be the one that I'd end up getting that. No way, man. Before. Full offensive onslaught. We're doing I like it. Um, I'm going to take Ristolainen. Yeah, that's the other one. But I didn't want to make that move. All For right. good reason. He's my second defense. Damn it, he's on the top pair again. How does this <laughs> keep happening? <laughs> he's getting 24 minutes of on your team. Jesus. Uh, give me Tim Connolly. Oh, not bad. Not bad. Oh, man. Can I have Josh Georges from 2006? <laughs> you can try and have whoever you want, but no, <laughs> I don't know you're going to no, get that one. Uh, I'm going to take an analytics darling who everybody's going to hate. So th- I'm going to get so much happy. I think I know where you're going. Do you know where I'm going? You I'm taking Cody Franzen. Cody Franzen? Yes. Oh, man. Okay. Who were, who were you thinking I met? Pissick. Does he count? He was only here for like a year in the Pissick. 2010s. I had... Well, Talina was only. Oh, that's a not year true. He was, here, he was here way more than that. Damn, yeah, I forgot about Pessick. Oh, I'm dumb. Oh, well. Franzen I had Montour down too, but yeah, Mont- oh, I just Montour hasn't been here long enough. No, Damn I agree it. with that. That's why I didn't do that. Yeah, but I had him there just in case. Yeah, Pezik, Pezik was a big miss on my part. Braden McNabb was also probably a miss. Damn it! I wish I would have prepared more. Okay, Cody, we're gonna All take right. the world's slowest defense. So, do you still have your forward pull up? Yes, I do. So right now, I basically have Ennis, Hecht, and Roy. Yikes. Yeah. So where do I go? Ah, <laughs> uh, boy. I mean, is that basically you have? Yeah, I, and I have Felino in there, but I mean, yeah. he's he's third out of those four for me. Give me. Uh, <laughs> I'm going a lot of pre-injury guys, but so uh, give me Tyler Ennis. Well, yeah, that's a good pick. So now all I've got left is goalie. <laughs> Good luck. <laughs> Great. I guess I'll take Robin Leonard. I mean, who the hell else do you take? <laughs> I don't cool. know, baby. He was a this, dad darling for a while just because of the size everybody hated him. This has been a terrible draft. <laughs> I started out great. 
And then (laughs) without the Franzen mistake, if I had Pezik in for Franzen, I think it would be really nice. But because I'm dumb and didn't make a deep enough defensive pool, (laughs) and I had to scramble, I was like, he had good analytics. (laughs) I'll take him. The freaking oil freighter (laughs) couldn't. Do shit. <laughs> He's a traffic cone that he uh, uh, I, I mean, if I get some uh, some love in the old time, well, not old time, but early 2010s forwards, I, I think I could take it here. Bannock, Palmerville, Connolly, Ennis, Dalene, that Myers, is so Aaron, old Miller. core. Your whole thing besides Dalene is old core. That's crazy. Yeah, no, you mentioned it. You're right. It's literally yeah, in my in my whole thing, spot. except for Sakara and Franzen, is new core shit. <laughs> Michael Ryan O'Reilly, Reinhardt and Kane, Sakara, Ristolein and Franzen because I'm dumb, and then Leonard because you picked Miller first, and <laughs> it was either Leonard or Allmark. I mean, what do you do? That is crazy. You're right. Yeah, I got Thanks. all the old guys, and you got all the new guys. Cool. This wasn't nearly as fun as it should have been had our team not been a joke for 10 years. <laughs> no, that was a problem. Do you imagine doing this for through. like the Blackhawks though? Like how fun that would be? There would actually well, be like, ooh, you'd have good players left on the board. <laughs> yeah. Can you believe X wasn't taken? Right? Yeah. No, it's this was just, like, just like Pesic is the most, is the biggest snub, which is just sad. As gonna, yeah, someone's going to yell at us for Derek Roy, yeah. and I'm just going to shirk. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What is it, a bar manager on Chippewa? Your he staffers, was my best yeah. customer. <laughs> shit. <laughs> God. Well, there you have it. Can't wait to put this poll up and get oh, absolutely shit on. Chad is definitely not literally seen this episode. <laughs> oh my god, Chad is listening to this segment just cringing into oblivion. <laughs> it's not our fault, Chad. It's the uh, <laughs> blame our fault. terrible team and the, the, what a tire fire the last decade has been, or blame oh, us. I don't care. You'd be you'd be justified either way. <laughs> oh, and with that. Let's limp our way into the questions. Let's get to the fan questions. Because we're clearly qualified. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I hope I hope everyone's having as much fun as I am. (laughs) Because there is too much laughter. All right. Good God. So I mean get ready for more laughter because this fan question went about the way I thought it was gonna go. (laughs) Uh I'm gonna before we get to the serious ones, let me just rapid fire you the funny ones, I guess, so we can mark them off here after this. Sweet. Manuel Sen, here's one for you. Why? Mm, <laughs> on the good path. question. <laughs> yeah. On the warpath. Elton Smith, end of question. <laughs> <laughs> Utaro, he's just asking for help at this point. <laughs> uh, Alex, not Ander, direct at the Sabres, not you guys. Why do you hate me when I show you nothing but love? <laughs> I mean, that feels... <laughs> Keith wants to know, why the fuck do we put up with this shit? <laughs> and Zach follows up with, why do we even record this podcast anymore? <laughs> you know, with any other fan base, can you imagine if we were like, okay, let's say the Dallas Stars, right? We're in the same situation where they were, we would just be talking into the abyss. Like, nobody would care anymore. No, no. Like I'm nobody surprised. would be listening, and we. St- and I think we've got more listeners than ever because it's just like we're that one outlet. I think that just gets angry. And I think people need that. People need a little bit of like cathartic release from their podcasts because like nothing else is satisfying with this team. 
No. I mean, you know what? I don't, I don't mean to get actually off that serious, but like at this point, and I give the fans all the credit in the world. For sure. Us being, you know, a part of that. But like how, how does that arena even get filled at this point? How like how it? are we not the Florida Panthers? How are we not the Florida Panthers, right? It's, I mean, and I know this is kind of like weird to associate these things, but especially when the football team's good now. You know what I mean? When yeah. both teams are bad, I think everyone's just trying to get on the ground floor of success, so to speak. Like, I watched right. these assholes when they were intentionally losing seasons. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. You know. I was there but, when it wasn't cool. Because, yeah. like, that diehard, like, moniker, right? People really care about that around here. And that's fine. Like, that's cool. I mean, I think, I think everybody considers right. themselves a diehard, but I think it means more to the sense, like, people feel like they've got to prove it. Like, I went to all 41 games of the tank season. It's like, yeah, okay. You seem like a masochist, not a diehard. There's a fine line there. Um, but, yeah, um, you're, you're, you're right. I, I, I mean, credit to the people of the city who, or, or, and Southern Ontario, I guess, who, who keep yeah. coming. Uh, oh, the other day was a lot of Bruins fans. No, oh, believe me, dude. I know. It, 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 I, I went to the game against Ottawa, and there were just—I uh, think four out of the five people I talked to in my in the section I was in were just Leafs fans who were like, "Listen, I could go to like eight of these and, and stay the night in Buffalo versus one Leafs game." Yeah. They were like, we're, "I'm just watching NHL hockey." You know what I mean? They didn't like have a horse in the race. So I, I think I think a lot of the fan base, I'm not going to say most of it, because that's probably irresponsible to say, but I think a lot of the people in attendance are probably, you know, of the same background, so to speak, like, eh, we're from Southern Ontario. We could go North and pay a lot of money or South and pay a very little bit of money. Right. Especially in the secondary market where like tickets are probably going for eight bucks on StubHub now. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's sad, but you're right. I mean, I'm amazed that we're not the Florida Panthers because what the hell? You know what I mean? It's I mean, it's just, a blessing and a curse, I would think. I think it's part of the reason why they don't really change anything. Yeah, I, you know, I, well, part, sort of. Part, of, part of me buys that. I think under Galasano, I'd have bought that, right? Okay. But I but so. I think under the Pagulas, I'm 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 hesitant because like they they spend a lot of money, man. Like for 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 as much That's flack true. as they get, I mean, they do put a lot of money into the city. They put a lot of money into the facilities, especially the bills. I mean. They, they do their part in that regard. So I don't, I don't think it's the fact that people are still coming where they don't have a sense of urgency. I think they full, are full and well aware how pissed off the fan base is. I mean, they have to be. Uh, well, I, yeah, not, no, and you're, I, I agree with you. You're right. I, but I, I guess thinking about it, if this hasn't drove people away, like what is going on? What will, point? right? Yeah, right? No, you're, you're I, th- I think the last straw, and, and I say this, with maybe a hint of sarcasm, but not really. I think the last straw would be Jack Eichel saying, trade me. I really do. I think that would be, because I think Jack Eichel's that one thing that's still here where it's like, this is what it was all about though. And he's about to get a hundred points, right? And maybe, just maybe he can carry these idiots. But like if somebody comes in here and figures it out. Right. And he's still in tow. Right. But I think if it gets to the point where they're still fucking this up like three years from now, and Eichel goes, trade me. I think that's that's it. I think that's when you get a Florida Panthers type of arena and fans really like talking with their wallets, so to speak. I mean, because yeah, because they, they the organization has kind of timed this really perfectly, in my opinion. Because next year the hype is going to be for Royal Blue, and people are going to just be stoked about that because they've been asking for it for what 
30 years. Um, yeah. You know, so that, that's going to be like the hype, you know, oh, Royal Blue's back. Oh, my God, cool, yeah. And Eichel scored 115 points last year. Like, okay, cool. And they, they added a couple guys. And, yeah, maybe. And then if it's bad, they're going to figure out something for next year. You know what I mean? It's just – they, Eichel being here is that one beacon, right? It's that one ray of sunshine. Like, I know Darlene is awesome. Like, don't get me wrong, but it's yeah. Eichel. It's Jack's team, right? I think if it gets to the point where that guy, who this whole thing started for, basically, right? This whole dive into oblivion started with the sole purpose of getting one of Jack Eichel or Connor McDavid. And if he leaves, if you can't figure it out after he's hit his prime and you've driven that franchise player away, I think that's when the fan base just collapses. I really do. Because this is a this is a resilient fan base like we just talked about, right? But I don't know how you can expect people to keep paying after something so incorrigible like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, because I mean, at that point, you're probably talking 11, 12 years, no playoffs. Yeah. And then on top of that, if he says, yep. get me out of here. Yeah. I mean, that, that would be – I know we we joke about rock bottom, and, and really, I mean, you could make an argument that we're there. I mean, how could it get any worse? That would be like plummeting to the fucking molten core of the earth, rock bottom. I, I, there's, there's not – I mean, that's, that's the worst thing I can see happening to this franchise, and I think it would take something like that to drive these fans away because they're passionate, they're loyal, and – you know, the pools are blessed to have a fan base like this. I'm, I'm being serious. And, you know, I yeah. joke about it on Twitter that, that, you know, during losses, it's like, it's irritating to write articles sometimes because every, everyone just wants to be mad. So you either have to be mad with them, or if you're mad with them, you're going to get the people yelling at you about, can you ever write something optimistic? And it's yeah. just like, there, in times like this, there's no pleasing people. You're not going to, and not everybody's going to be happy, but man, are they still passionate? They're still passionate, man. They're still like, you know, hard on their points and, and, you know, they, they, what they believe and they're willing to talk about it with you for hours. Right. I mean, how do you do that? It's just, it's, it really is. And it sounds like I'm kissing ass at this point, but it's, it's just, a, it's a, no, it's right. It's a fucking testament to, to, to this city, man. It really is. Yeah, no, it's, it's I don't know. Like I said, it was just kind of something I was thinking about. And I, th- I think you're spot on with that. I think it's it's crazy it's crazy that we got to this point but i mean you've seen it you seen it last year you were seven years no playoffs going on eight and they won 10 games in a row and oh the, man the arena was packed man it was rocking Dude, it was I, I was i was there for the ninth of 10 wins and it was i was there for the 10th it was insane it was so much Bill, i couldn't i could not it was, it was the one against uh montreal where, where skinner fell on his butt and like scored from his yeah. butt in overtime yeah. and i that was since Man, I'm going to say since 2007, I had not been in the arena like that. And it, it gave me chills. It yep. was like, oh, my God, like, this is so cool. And I've been without this. I've been without this for almost a decade. And it but was I think the it's, coolest. It's those moments and it's remembering what it was like that I think keeps people passionate. Well, our generation especially, right, where, I mean. Yeah, because I was in my teens. Same, right? I, I was I was 14 during during the uh, Eastern Conference run against Carolina, and I was eight, or, or maybe I hadn't even turned eight yet when when they went to the Stanley Cup, right? So I only have like very vague memories of that Cup run because, like, what the fuck do you remember when you're seven? I was partying the Plaza though for the other ones. Yeah, so, yeah right. Same. Yeah. yeah, I was a freshman in high school. Yeah, and 
it's just that was I think for for people maybe my generation or like my you know high school graduating class and under I'll say where like that was really the first time we got to fully participate in the Sabres being good right because like when you're seven it's like cool the Sabres are good like Pokemon's on so but you know uh, (laughs) but uh yeah yeah the the real things will bulbasaur evolve this week that's what i fucking care about but oh, i can tell you who that pokemon is for sure oh 100 um is it voltorb or electrode fuck <laughs> <laughs> got me again <laughs> but uh no that was the first time we we really got to fully experience all the right and participate in it and have our own opinion like our team right it felt like it felt like my generation's team right that Jordan yeah. Briere and like having that rip from us in such an unceremonious way it, it made us like hungrier right I feel like the people in our age group are just like man we want that again so bad and it, yeah. and it, and it was ripped from us so damn quickly in 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 one day one fell swoop we lost all of it and Oh, you're, you're right. Just just experiencing the, that ninth win, that tenth win, right? Where the stadium felt like that again, right? Where where the you know just the people felt like that again. Where it was fucking loud in overtime instead of sounding like a morgue. Yep. It, God, that's what you. That's why we are, are are still here, right? I mean, we're we're like the craziest crackheads ever who just want <laughs> one more taste, <laughs> and we can't get clean. <laughs> you know, no yeah, matter. No. Yeah, no. I was. Two, three rows behind the net when the net that Skinner scored the overtime in the, for San Jose. Yep, it's crazy. To win the 10, so it was, yeah, I mean, if you, you almost forget what it feels like, you know, jumping up and down, fucking people around you, you probably don't even know. It's just like, man, it wasn't even playoffs. <laughs> it's right. been so long. It was a 10-game win streak. Right. Uh, but if you can just get back to that. I mean, you're right. I think you're spot on. It's You've tasted it. Now, would it be... And and now that it's been so long too, I think it just kind of deepens the the craving to just taste any of it, right? Um, especially when all you have really is almost winning a lottery. <laughs> it reminds me, it reminds me of the Family Guy episode, and it's going to sound so crazy. And I don't think we can go off on any more of a tangent than we already have in this episode. So why not? Where the the old Herbert the pervert, the old man, <laughs> Chris walks by, is like, I wish the wind would just blow off his hat. <laughs> I just want to smell it. Then it, wind blows Chris's hat off. He smells and he goes, now I want more. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's every Sabres fan. I just want one more winning season. Mm, now I want more. <laughs> <laughs> Chad is going to hate us so much uh, after this episode. I, I guarantee it. that part gets cut. It. It's gonna get cut. <laughs> He's going to be like, nope. <laughs> snip, snip. <laughs> Oh. Anyway, let's get to the next question. It's going to be a blast. Oh, yeah. So let me like, – questions. <laughs> questions, right? Let me just uh, – there's a couple more. I'll just blow through, and then we got a couple good ones. Cool. Uh, Michael Broom, why does Jason Brown hate the Sabres? Tyler, why do Amherst fans think team matters? Their team matters more than the Sabres do, which has been more than prevalent today and a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nick wants to know if this franchise should be regulated and folded. As I said earlier, G-Man, <laughs> he thinks he's just run out of questions because it's the same year or same year after year. I feel you. Um, okay, so not real questions. Let's get to it. Yeah. Uh, well, hang on. I want to. I want to address the Amherst thing really quickly. We'll. I'll no, spend like a it. second on it. Right. I. I don't. I 
don't fully get the 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 rift that exists right now. Um, I don't either. Like it's it, it, it's kind of how bizarre. Is it I, I mean, think, I get how it's created, but it's just like I think it's a select couple. Like that's even know. a thing. Is weird to me. I guess I should say. Yeah, I think it's like a select few like people on it. Is Amherst Twitter even a thing? Let's say it is. Uh, just who who really really criticize the Sabers for not doing what's best for the Amherst and. In, in a way, I get it, right? So, like, if if you're covering the Amherst and the Sabres have been a tire fire for, you know, ever, I mean, <laughs> some of the things Sabres do, like, unnecessarily keeping guys in the press box, whatever, whatever, like, that, that, could be, that could be irritating, right? Especially when, you know, you cover a team that has the potential to win a Calder Cup, right? At the same time, people can't lose sight of the fact that the – sole reason for the Amrix existence is for the Sabres. Like, I like the Buffalo Bisons. I do. I, I enjoy going to games. I follow the guys because I like the Blue Jays. But never one time has a Bison called up and me being like, what is that? They're screwing us. It's like, no, that's why they freaking exist. Yep. They're a farm team. They play games to keep them me. developing. They don't play games for glory. Like, no, no fucking GM has the goal of winning a goddamn Calder Cup. You know what I mean? It's just like, uh, okay. Like they are a thing, and it's cool, and it's cool to root for them, and it's cool to want them to win, right? But at the same time, we all should, we all yeah. Should, yeah. <laughs> but at the same time, if you're asking me, let's let's put it this way: a Sabers first round exit where they are swept unceremoniously by the Bruins or whoever, I would take. I would trade thirty Calder Cups for that. The Calder Cup means nothing to me. So I guess if I'm if I'm putting it that way, right? But at the same time. Like if the Sabers suck, then yeah, I, I'll care about the Amherst. But if you know, what I mean, I'm I'm always yeah. going to defer to what's better for the Sabers, even if it means leaving a guy scratch for a couple games, and the Amherst got to figure it out without him. I mean, the Amber the, the Amherst fans have no reason to complain. They have a freaking NHL blue line. Like anything the Sabers do should <laughs> not know. be making a dent. <laughs> like they're the deepest AHL team in the history of the AHL. Like please stop it. I'm going to get heat for that. I don't four Amherst fans. Like, but they're forwards. It's like the Sabres don't have any forwards either, you dick. So shut up. You want to talk about forwards, motherfucker? Jack has seen two in his entire Yeah, right. Good Lord. Okay. We're dressing 11 of them, so shut up. I know. The Amherst have dressed 10 in one game. I hate everything. Anyway, I just wanted to address that. It's like the Amherst fans, like, you know, I guess there are certain things that like they have a legit beef with like send middle yeah, down. Yeah. Like, yeah, that that's right. It's true. Send him down. Cause he should have been sent down. Right. Send Thompson down. And all last think year. about that stuff at the end of the year too. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. When but it like, matters, I, I think that's for their development. Sure. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And I think we want it for different reasons. They want it. So the Amherst will win. I want it so that they'll develop the right way, but either way, it's the right thing. doesn't matter why you want it. It's the right thing to want. But like when it when it goes to the point of like, well, the Sabers suck, so send everything to the Amherst. It's like, no, that's not how that works. <laughs> so I, mean, I just wanted to get that out of the way. Real quick, just the passionate fan thing. Can you imagine any other NHL fan base fighting with their farm team fan oh base? God, no. And it's probably the you know what? Like, no I can, I can see thing. I can see Leafs fans totally doing it. Marley's and but then again, they're in the same fucking city. So any any leap, yeah, never mind. No, I can't. I can't, Bill. Yeah. Marley's actually win color cups. Hamilton Anyways. Bulldogs when they were in Hamilton. I don't fucking know. <laughs> uh, all right. So, some serious questions before yes. this episode does get 
Lost. It hasn't already. <laughs> Lost mysteriously. Ah, yes. In the ethers of Chad's hard drive. <laughs> with like four passwords to unlock the folder. Nobody is ever going to listen to this. All righty. So, Salem, what would be a realistic return on any current defenseman the Sabres would be willing to unload trade? And how does the current cap space affect the lack thereof? Well, I mean, it varies depending on who you want to trade. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's a little ambiguous. Um, but I mean, my thing is, but real quick, because I know you'll have yeah. probably a, a smarter, more in-depth answer. Stop. Uh, I, I, uh, I think the first thing, especially since the guys ask for a trade, you unload BOGO for whatever you can get. Right. And then there's some cap space, and then you go find a forward with anybody else or draft picks or anything. But go ahead. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, I think the first guy you try to unload is Bogo because A, like you just said, it gives you cap space, and B, he wants to get the fuck out. Um, but reason, it, not, not again, but like the whole reason he was here and like kept around is like he was such a great locker room guy, and that kind of turned really yeah, quickly. Like, that's the funniest thing ever, right? Because that was like the one thing people had. It's like, he's a leader. It's like, yeah, but he got scratched one game and said, I'm out. So was he? Was he, guys? Team Grit? Was he actually a leader? People who are not in the locker room who made that assertion? Um, that, that, that tickled me a little bit. It's like, hmm, yeah. weird, but, uh, yeah, I, I think, I think what, what he maybe is asking is like, what gives you the most return? And, and it's obviously sure. still Ristolainen. Um, yeah. I don't think anyone has done anything. That, I mean, as much as Ristolainen's stock in terms of, of, you know, trade return has probably gone down. Um, I don't think anything anyone else has done has surpassed him. So you're still getting the most for Ristolainen. I mean, he's still producing points despite not being on the second power play, albeit not as many. But, um, yeah, he, he's he's your biggest trade chip. And what could you get in return? It's so unclear at this point. I mean, a middle six forward and maybe a prospect. I don't know. But it, I think I think either Botterill's priced himself way out of the market or GMs just aren't. They they know they know his words. Yeah, and and what would have been bad situation now? Right, and what would have been smart is what they were doing for like a hot second is playing him seventeen minutes where his numbers looked really good and he was still producing kind of like vanity points where like that was like best case scenario for the season and like the only way his stock wasn't going to plummet and they fucked it up. It's like okay, so now we're going to skate him twenty five minutes with a non ideal partner. Neat. But whatever. I mean, so yes, to answer that question, which I think is asking, uh, Ristolainen is still going to get you the biggest return. What that return is, is kind of unclear. So piggybacking off that, Super Outback, do you think this roster move for Smith is to replace Bogo because this used to be his role and a trade may be coming for him? Uh, joke, you're up for Bar League, Beer League. Uh, because why have him if he can't be the tough guy when that's what he was or what he tried to be? If that's the case, I, I would just ask the GM, why do you need that guy? Because yeah. if you look across the league, unless – I mean, this is a non – this is a very conservative statement, but less than half of the teams do, maybe less than a third. So, like, why why do you need that guy? And also, you still have Jake McCabe. You know what I mean? If you want to talk about, like, your gritty – you still have Ristolainen, who is probably – I mean, people don't think of him that way, but the dude – throws down you know what i mean he's yeah he doesn't he's, really he's big i don't know if he's ever really fought i, I don't he, think maybe like once or twice right yeah he fought kadri 
that awesome yeah. That's like, yeah. <laughs> yeah but but like if, if you need a guy to do that just tell like tap those guys on the shoulder and say hey step up from a physical standpoint or you know what i mean but or you know just, i don't know but you don't need to to sign a guy out of the ahl to do that if you're and no. i don't know and, and you went what how many games without zach bogosian over the last three years I mean, the dude's played less but he sat more games than he's played injury so no i don't think that's why they did it and if that is why it's freaking dumb but uh i don't think that's why i i think that this is probably just an overreaction against a team that's kind of bullied you a little bit and i can't just, believe not to cut you off but i can't believe no, it's the ahead. tampa bay lightning <laughs> that like of all the teams you know like on paper thinking about them like they're yeah. just a high skilled fast well team. the problem is they're bullying us not that they're scoring seven goals <laughs> kucherov Hip checked Saboka and Sorelli got his elbow yeah. up. Now they're the bully team. I, I just, well, it's not even just that though. But even if they are, like that's not the problem. That's not why you right, lost. Right. Like you didn't lose because they weren't afraid of your enforcers. You lost because you got in a boat race. Well, you know what I mean. They 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 yeah. beat you seven to one. You know what I mean. It's they outscored you. So get scoring players, not <laughs> AHL nice. grinders. Hmm. What a concept. Right. All right, so let's <clears throat> go with uh, this one's actually funny, but ties into the entire podcast. John Cozera, are we all that friend in the unhealthy relationship? Do we need an intervention? I suggest a live pod intervention at bar slash brewery. Actually, mm. it's funny because you brought the live game pod, which I think would actually be hilarious. But that would be fun, but also I think by the third period, it would just be us like taking turns groaning, <laughs> taking shots. <laughs> Maybe yeah. that's why he should be at a bar brewery. Anthony has been passed out for the last 14 <laughs> minutes, but Bill and Chad are still with you. <laughs> As Bristolina enters his 23rd minute of time on ice. Oh, God. Uh, fantastic. So, moving on. Jimmy, how tiring is it talking about this team? What excuses will Bot make for this season? Saboka injury, Skinner injury, or how will he spew progress since he got here? Nice. I was excited when we hired him, but I want him gone, especially if Smith plays. Yeah, goddamn goon on the eve of 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. The question was about Kruger, right? Bottle. How is he going to oh, spend this, okay. basically? Yeah, I, I, I cut off for like a, a hot second there. Um, Oh, my God. I, I don't know. I mean, the funny thing, you know, Kruger at the beginning of the year, he said like nothing from before now matters. And like if that's kind of like the, the mm, mentality coming down from ownership, that's scary. And yeah, Bodder will be like, well, it was our first year with a head coach and, you know, whatever. Uh, I, what's can you excuse? imagine him getting to an podium and being like, yes, I can. Guys, we That's lost the for the entire year. <laughs> oh, I can so imagine that he was our utility player. You know, we lost a lot of good depth pieces. Our we, struggled because he wasn't on. Oh, yeah, we had, we had these plans for Tage and he looked good in the four minutes before he got hurt. And it's just, you know, yeah. You know, we are the guy, the plan we had at center, guys didn't step up. So, you know, I just, ugh, I can see it already happening. Actually, too, Matt, yeah, Matt uh, tweeted today and it reminded me and pissed me off even more. Matt Kopnick? Yep. That he didn't trade that second first round pick like I pretty much clamored for the entire. Yeah. Oh, season. I think everybody did, right? And in, in retrospect, that plus probably Ristolainen could have got you JT Miller. Something that yeah. got you the top six forward, that's for sure. 100%. Yeah, but no, we, we needed Ryan Johnson, our 53rd defensive prospect in the system. <laughs> You're right, he might be good, but who knows he if you'll ever be. see him? Right, like a pilot. Yeah. 
it, and that's the funny thing, right? Because if you look at it, you have you, your future top six is all like under twenty five right now, right? Yep. You've got Dalene, you've got Pilot, you've got Yokiharu. I mean, there's yep. three right there. You've got Montour, who's not under twenty five, but they're going to extend him for you know a, a decent amount of time. Yep. So there's four right there. So so you know you got uh, what, what's his name Laxanen coming up to the system. You have got Borden, Bryson. okay? You've got Bryson. You've got Samuelson. It's like so. Why? Why Ryan Johnson? Like, what was the fucking point? And and you had Kaliev there still. You had, was Hoglander there still? I feel like he was. Maybe not. Maybe he got picked. No, he got picked before that. But like, Bobby Brink was. Bobby, yes. That I'm sorry. That's what I was thinking. Bobby Brink. Yes. You you had those guys there. Like your your forward cupboard is bare. And but Ryan Johnson yep. was the guy, and I know you don't draft for need, but you kind of fucking do. <laughs> you draft for organizational need, not the, the <laughs> needs the of your NHL this, team. Yeah. When, when the, the need is, is that dark. dire, yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't know. I, that, well, it's it's just, probably uh, out of ten, it's like an eight six and an eight seven. He's an eight yeah. seven. Got to get the beat, man. I know. I, I, I you know, what's funny too, because I think a lot of people, the first thing they point out with Botterill is the Ryan O'Reilly trade, but I think if you take the rest of it, like the sum of its parts is actually way worse than that. Like if you add, if you take even that, if you take that out of the equation and add up everything else, I still think he's a negative, a net negative. I do. I, I, I just, the Jeff Skinner train, the Jeff Skinner trades is only slam dunk. It's his only slam dunk. going to be argued. Yes. Okay. I'm wrong. Okay. But 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 yeah, I'm just trying to think. Yeah. Do, Do I call it a slam dunk or just a win though? I call it a win. So far, yeah. So far, of course. But yeah. like, but you know, m- the Montour thing is is jury's out, and it depends how much money he's going to want this summer. You know what I mean? That's going to yeah. be a, a big key, especially with all the young defensemen you have. Like, was that he's great, but was it necessary? Like, do do we want to spend six and a half million for him? You know what I'm saying? If, yeah. if that's what he ends up for commanding, the first round so pick to get a defenseman instead of exactly, or, or you know, yeah. Let's 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 look at it this way, right? Is six million dollars for Montour worth Brandon Gooley and a first rounder? Hmm. I don't know. You know what I mean? So probably, maybe, you know, but it, again, but it's not in slam dunk territory. Right. Nope. Yep. But, but you know, but it's the inaction. I, I think that's got to yeah. count against him. Right. It's drafting what out of the first, uh, I don't know, 14 picks of his, of his tenure in, in terms of graphics. He's got 10 defensemen, maybe like that's a big problem. So uh, I don't know. It's just I, I I see him as a net negative, and you know, if you want to take let's take out you know the the highest uh, the plus and the, the the lowest minus. So take out the Skinner trade, take out the O'Reilly trade. He looks really terrible still, in my opinion. Yeah, I no, know. I don't. Th- maybe maybe uh, I'm way over. I'm over analyzing no, no, this no. one. No, I think it's a good conversation actually. Um, but I I don't think you're wrong either thinking about it because. To your point, all the stuff we talked about before, too, right, with the, the Tage Thompson and then Al Middlestad mm-hmm. and kind of the overreacting for past mistakes. Um, and, and kind of the big thing really is just the sticking with the status quo and not making any moves when last year team was falling apart. Uh, and now, again, not necessarily that they're yeah. falling apart, but they're pretty much falling apart again. Um, and here you are not doing anything when insiders have been saying for what three months now that you're close to a trade. Um, oh my God. So yeah, more than like, that. Yeah. Yeah. You're super gun shy. And that I definitely think does come against you. So you're looking at what the Yogi Hari trade and. Found it. 
Yeah, it, it's 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 tough. It's tough, you know. And you know the shoe nice signing, but he's kind of falling off. Sure, VC is a dumb trade. The Sheary trade just kind of looks to me like whatever right now. Fine, yeah. I I was fine with it. It was a good risk to take, but yeah, he hasn't done anything. Sure. But like re-signing Gergensen, like extending Scott Wilson, why? Uh, You know, leaving Pilot, who's probably your fourth best defenseman in the AHL. When, you know. Sabotka, right? Yeah. Bringing back Bogosian and and being kind of like excited about him coming back, which is just a whole other level of weird. But by the way, it was funny when I was on hockey reference doing the decade thing, Matt yeah. Hongwick still being on the the team was just kind of I weird forgot to he see. existed, yeah. <laughs> Me too, yeah. <laughs> He's been erased from my memory. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's uh it's an interesting thing, but yeah, I think we're I agree. It's, it, it hasn't been good and it's definitely no no more good than it has been bad, uh, right. which is why you are exactly where you are. Right. Unfortunately, that's been the problem for how long now? The crazy thing is we're going to finish where Bilesma finished in his first year with an 18-year-old Jack Eigel. How crazy is that to think about? That's going to be our point total. It's bananas. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. And I thought Bilesma sucked. He did a lot. There's just so much. He did a lot of stretch pass. Anyway, I'm not getting that I got four questions. Here we go. (laughs) Hit me. Uh, Romano Witz. Why is Pilot too good for the Sabres blue line? Anthony, will you regret his, your new jersey of Dalton Smith? I will never regret that. that jersey. <laughs> because Fanatics doesn't sell the the atrocity gold uh, 50th that they had. That weird like knockoff looking thing. I'm going to have to find some like Chinese back channels to get it. But um, no, I will not regret that. And why is Pilot too good for the Sabres? I think we probably talked about that for like a third of the show. No idea. Yeah. Um, it, it defies logic. It does. Tim Nash is tanking a decent strategy this year oh, with, all, with all the great forwards in the top 10. I assume a non-taking team would not sign a guy to punch people. <laughs> yep. Uh, sure. I mean, so Yay, Byfield. I don't know. Yeah, I'll say this. I uh, Being in the bottom is better than missing and being near the middle but yeah. i don't think they're definitely intentionally tanking no but i thought is where you end is up it, is it weird to say that i'd actually be embarrassed to win the lottery again i actually don't want to because then you're just <laughs> the fucking oilers <laughs> i think we're like are you saying like top five win or top no i'm either? saying like you no no, no, no. i'm <laughs> saying first overall or oh, or okay. maybe even second overall also like I'm are you like, not they, are you not just the up? oilers then i mean yeah you are you just you're just the Oilers. You are. So, I mean, and that, yeah. And like I that was like the one thing I would rest my I'd rest my head on. Like at least we're not the fucking Oilers. Well, they're starting to fall off a little bit too, aren't they? Yeah. Oh yeah. I, I was more talking about like nine lottery wins and still. Fucking no, no, nothing. no. Yeah, yeah. I just meant like they looked like they might have actually turned it around and now they're starting to fall off again. Yeah. Weird how Zach Cassian wasn't a viable long term option on the first line. Talk about sad. I love that old Oilers team too, even though they're bad. Everly yeah. Hall, Eugene oh, yeah. Hopkins, Gagne. Yeah. Under head coach Ralph Kruger. Rest in peace. <laughs> <laughs> All righty. So this is actually something we talked about with Eichel, but Ben McClellan is asking, would Skinner have re-signed if he knew he wouldn't be with Eichel? Is there any chance mm. he requests a trade? No. Maybe in a year or so if it's a, not a difference. Or maybe in a year or so if the front office and coaching changes. Or stays the same, sorry. Um, 
I mean, he could he could request one, but I don't know that anyone's gonna do that. No way, right? Yeah, probably. I, honestly, I find it really, really hard to believe that that wouldn't be something that was talked about. Well, to be well, mm, I got to be careful what I say here. I don't think communication is is necessarily uh, very strong between or between front office and players right now. And I'm I'm going to leave it at that because I'm going to get myself in trouble. So, okay. uh, it would not surprise me if they said something to Jeff Skinner like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, you'll be back with Jack. And then they went to him like, well, look, we're going to try something different here. Well, let's just see how it goes. Okay. So that but would not I, that wouldn't surprise me hearing what I But Kruger's been so adamant about keeping them split. You would think that that's been his plan from day one, wouldn't you? Maybe, but uh, what's the timeline here? Did Skinner resign before Kruger was hired or after? I actually don't know the answer to that. Actually, I don't either. I want to say – he signed before because he had the conversation right. with him. So this, I I'm actually gonna look this up because it's gonna bother no, it's, me. Yeah. No, he definitely, he definitely signed before. So they, right. they, they re-signed Skinner on June seventh. Okay, so I see. Okay. And they hired Kruger on drum roll May fifteenth. So no, they re-signed him at well after three weeks oh. after they signed. So they they hired Kruger. Yeah. So they would have had a chat. Yeah, for sure. I don't know. But it's strange. But yeah. It's strange. <clears throat> but who knows? Yeah. All right. Last one. T. Johnson. Do you think you will see Tage as our top six solution instead of a trade? And what happens first? Botchel's hands fall off from cutting off circulation from him sitting on them too long, or <laughs> not top, a decent top six trade happens? Be uh, the first one for sure. And is Thompson going to be involved in the trade was the first part? Uh, do you think that he'll be the top six solution as opposed oh, to a trade? As opposed to a trade. Okay. Um, Better not be. Maybe. For a decent amount of time. Oh, yeah. I think I think they mean like maybe they mean like to close out future. the year or something. I, I don't know. Future. Yeah. Uh, I think that's kind of what Bodrell would want to happen. But I think at this point he realizes that it's maybe not super realistic. I hope he's not putting his eggs in that basket because that's risky as hell. Um, and yeah, his his hands will definitely fall off before it. I can't argue with you there. It's going to be like Mr. Deeds. He's got like the black foot. <laughs> I can't feel a thing. Yeah. <laughs> I can't make any trades. Both my grip. hands are frozen. I can't grip bones anymore. <laughs> hey, grab that fireplace poker. <laughs> Just you want to see something cool? You want to see something cool? <laughs> uh, stab both hands. I can't make any trades. I'd really rather not. It's going <laughs> to be fun. Very, very sneaky. Uh, he adored Hawaiian Punch. That's a wrap, my friend. Yeah, buddy. Mr. D calls to finish it. Chad is just, just full circle into him spiraling like, why did I do this? <laughs> hey. Hey, uh, listen. That's what happens when you give the kids the keys to the car. I'll say this. I had a good time. I had a great time. Oh, I had a fantastic time. I just wonder if this ever makes it to the live. We'll see. It, it has to. <laughs> you know what you should do? You, it's like uh, if, if I disappear, like look for yeah. me. You should, you should put out, you should put out an, uh, an APV like, <laughs> right, right now on Twitter. Like, if this episode doesn't show up, it is absolutely intentional. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, if you start seeing expected goals being tweeted from the BTB account, you know Chad's fully taken over. <laughs> you know I'm in trouble. <laughs> Send the squad. 
<laughs> Send a search party. Uh, well, that's a wrap. I don't know. Uh, you know the spiel? I think I know the spiel. I'll try the spiel. You can follow us. Yeah. Uh-huh. Follow us. Follow us at BTB Hockey. Uh, you can follow Chad at CMD Diminisis. You can follow Bill at Bill Shockey. And you can follow me at Chandra Sports. And you can find our episodes on iTunes, Spotify, pretty much anywhere your podcast is found. If you listen to your podcast on a certain medium that we are not available on, please let us know and we will do our best to get on there. This has been episode 116 of the Beyond the Blade podcast with SB Nation. I was going to say, wait, you forgot forgot yourself. What do you mean I forgot myself? Go to uh, Die by the Blade for all their great content. Oh, man. And also, go to Die by the Blade for all (laughs) my great content. Chad's is all right. Um, And the rest of the wonderful folks over there. Yes, yes, yes. We jest, but they're all fantastic. Um, Yeah, do that. Nice, have a good time here. Oh, yeah. Have a great time here. Have just as great a time at Die by the Blade. I'm rambling. Oh, my God. Please let's mercifully end this terrible sign off. For Bill, and Anthony. For Bill I'm Anthony. <laughs> you may hear this, you may never. See ya. <laughs> Bye.